0: Hello and welcome to episode 626 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always joined by Evan Silva. Week one, officially in the books. Learned a ton, ton, ton on usage in week one. You know that makes me very happy. Evan, how's it going today? Good. We just recorded the AFC show and now we're going to talk about the NFC. On today's show, we're going to go team by team through each NFC squad talking through everything we saw in week one and what it means going forward. We will be doing this every week right here. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. It is indeed free. Before we get into it today, one important thing, we are currently working on our rest of season top 150 rankings. Yes, there will be some significant changes from our final preseason rankings. We think rest of season top 150 is a very useful tool for trading, digesting how we think about players for the rest of the season. Again that is available to anyone who has DraftKit pro or the in season product. All right. NFC, Evan, let's start with the Arizona Cardinals. Surprisingly, at least a little bit. I thought the Cardinals gave themselves a very good chance to win this game in Washington. They were actually winning all the third quarter, but as expected, it was not pretty by any stretch. Josh Dobbs completed 21 passes. Oh, that's great. It went for 132 yards. I mean, absolutely. Pathetic.
1: What did you think of the Cardinals' Week One game in Washington? Didn't really change my mind about anything uh, regarding the Cardinals. Uh, I, I have notes. I mean, they had their three receiver set was Michael Wilson, Marquise Brown, and Rondell Moore. I, I think that well, they already announced that Josh Dobbs is going to make another start. I think that he's going to be on a short leash. They could go to Clayton Tune at any time. And then I was a little bit disappointed. Only 23 snaps for Trey McBride, 48. Yeah. For Zach Ertz. Uh, they uh, you know, they, this is a tanking team, and you know, they they executed the tank, so good for them. 0 and one Cardinals.
0: A couple of things. First, I thought Rondale Moore playing way ahead of Greg Dorch was at least notable, right? Like, I'm not I don't want to play Rondale Moore in any leagues right now, but maybe when Kyler, if and when Kyler gets back. The second thing I just gotta get off my chest. Zach Ertz. Nine months off a of torn ACL, 30 something years old, even harder to watch than before. He got 10 targets. He turned 10 targets into 21 receiving yards. Do you realize how hard it is to turn 10 targets into 21 receiving yards? It's almost impossible. They absolutely have to free Trey McBride. My only thought is that they're trying to showcase Ertz for a trade. Fine. You don't have to put him out there the whole game when he's lumbering around coming off of an ACL. So yeah, that was really, really Yeah. Yeah. Really they're 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 hurting his trade value by putting him on the field. Exactly. Exactly, and I, yeah, I'm ranting because I have a bunch of Trey McBride in best ball. You guys <laughs> got me, but I'm still tilting. Okay, Atlanta. So this was the fear that Evan expressed before the season on Bijan Robinson. Bijan only outsnapped Tyler Algier 32 to 28. Tyler Algier actually got more opportunities, aka carries plus targets, than Bijan 18 to 16. And most concerning for me actually wasn't that. It was at the goal line, Tyler Algier got three carries from inside the five, Bijan got zero now all that said Bijan looked awesome and they used him as an actual weapon lined him out out wide gave him actual wide receiver routes you saw the touchdown that he scored was insane so I'm not like worried on Bijan but to Evan was more right than me I did not think they would come out and actually give Algier more snaps than Bijan in week one Arthur Smith does not care whatsoever where a guy was drafted Evan any thoughts on Atlanta
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, we, and we talked about it. We, we certainly agreed on the fact that Tyler Algier was an awesome late round pick. I mean, you, like, you got to be loving that. And you, you had him on your bench in week one, but he's like a flex option during the bye weeks at very least. This offense, as as you predicted before the season, is going to run through the running backs, the backfield. B. John Robinson had six targets on Desmond Ritter's 18. pass attempts now that that isn't going to sustain but you know we we talked about this too like some teams their evaluation of Bijan robinson they, they compared him to debo samuel he's not just a running back yeah so even though Algiers playing a lot Bijan is, is going to be fine i mean yeah. i think that Bijan wound up with like 20 ppr points um when cordero patterson comes back i think it'll be interesting to see does he siphon away five to seven touches a game That's a little bit of a concern, but I I think that you're feeling pretty good. You know, you're you're not feeling good, though, if you drafted Kyle Pitts or Drake London.
0: Yeah, and I was just going to say, I was mostly out on Pitts. I was, like, taking Goddard over Pitts, and we'll get to Goddard in a second here, Which, um, and they went kind of in the same range, so I feel okay about that. I was taking a ton of Drake London in round five and best ball in, like, round six, seven in home leagues, and, like, yeah, I, I am concerned he only runs 20 routes, Mac Hollins ran 17 routes, but they don't care about like scheming anything to Drake London or Kyle Pitts. Mac Hollins had four targets on 17 routes. Drake London had one target on 20 routes. And like, I thought that Greg Allman, who does a great job for The Athletic, had a great point on Twitter. It was like, yeah, stop worrying about fantasy. Taking these guys in the top 10 and giving them one target on 20 routes, that's not a fantasy question. That is a real life question. If you did not want to use Drake London or Kyle Pitts It's a real life question why you burn so much draft capital on him. That said, I still have big tickets on Arthur Smith to be the coach of the year. I still have big tickets on, on Atlanta to go far and win a lot of games this year. So I just think they're just winning in a way that is not conducive to Drake, London and Kyle Pitts. still super high. You're not going to cash out on those bets. (laughs) The cash out button is the enemy. It's for cowards. Don't (laughs) never use the cash out button. Anyone. Okay. Carolina. I thought Miles Sanders usage was. Not expected, but but good. He played 57% of the snaps, 66% of the running back carries. Only ran 20 routes on 42 Bryce Young dropbacks, but did get a 15.8% target share. So I have a pretty big Miles Sanders fade on. I don't exactly feel like great coming out of this game, but I don't feel terrible either. Evan, what did you think of Bryce Young's NFL debut here and anything else on the Panthers?
1: Yeah, I had like no positive takeaways for the Panthers in this one. Miles Sanders lost a fumble. Chubba Hubbard played on every single uh, third down. No, I mean, Bryce Young averaged 3.8 yards per pass attempt. I guess one positive could be Hayden Hurst. Went 5-for-41 with a touchdown on seven targets. This is not going to be – I don't think that this is going to be a, a fun fantasy year if you were drafting any Panthers.
0: Agreed. Agreed for sure. And that was really my biggest thing on Miles Sanders. Offensive
1: environment is so bad. By the way, Evan,
0: defensive injury that caught my eye, J.C. Horn, looks like he picked up a hamstring injury and is going to be out a little bit excellent corner for the carolina panthers bears i for one am shocked that because justin fields got dj moore he didn't suddenly turn into josh allen or jalen hurts i mean justin fields was bad 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 in this game not that surprised to me what was surprising was that dj moore who they gave up a ton for only got two targets on 46 routes we're talking about a five percent target share for D.J. Moore, that is absolutely laughable. What the heck happened to the Bears here in week one, Evan?
1: Well, Justin Fields had a 3.3-yard dot. I, I, I'm thinking that Luke Getze, the Bears' offensive play caller, designed a short pass offense because he was worried about the offensive line issues. But Justin Fields, when he's actually had good games as a passer, which hasn't really happened since Ohio State, is, is a downfield passer. You know, he's a vertical passer and a really good athlete. So the game plan was like defeating the strengths of, 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 of Justin Fields. And Justin Fields played miserably. I mean, this was a brutal game to watch. I was watching this game with Bears fans. They're trying to blame the offensive line. I'm like, dude. The, the, the dude is holding the ball way too long, man. Like he is the slowest processor of information in the NFL. Yeah. And and it's not getting better. It was a very discouraging first game. I mean, the Bears were at home. The Packers were without their number one receiver, Christian Watson. They're breaking in a new quarterback and they just get spanked like that. Like that, that that's embarrassing. It was from the running back
0: perspective, I mean, Roshan Johnson in the first half did not get a single opportunity. It was Cleo Herbert, nine Deontay Foreman, five Roshan Johnson, zero in the second half. When it's mostly garbage time or stone cold garbage time, they bring in Roshan Johnson. He was awesome. Like I'm excited to have Roshan on my bench a lot. I think the bears have to start playing him more
1: going forward. Yeah. He had a sick 11 yard run where he just like trucks. do. Yeah. Yeah. Truck stick. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys, you know, it's hard to have
0: takeaways from the Cowboys. They absolutely whitewashed the New York Giants defensively from the start. So I don't have a lot of notes here. My biggest note is that Tony Pollard got three carries from inside the five-yard line in this game. Last year in 16 games, Tony Pollard got just six carries from inside the five-yard line. Zeke stole 16 of those. We've talked about all summer, Tony Pollard should have been a first-round pick, was an awesome, awesome, awesome early second round pick if that's where you got him. I mean, it's just hard not to be really excited about having Tony Pollard in fantasy right now. Beyond that, it's hard to have many takeaways. I mean, if you guys watch this game, it was an absolute bloodbath, the likes of which you rarely ever see in the NFL. Evan, any Dallas thoughts from you?
1: Yeah, I put week one, two lopsided a win for legit takeaways over G-Men. So uh, I I totally agree with that. I mean, Dallas defense could
0: be better than the Jets. I mean, Dallas defense is is awesome. I mean, San Francisco... The Jets, Dallas, there's some legit defenses in the NFL right now. Lions, awesome win for the Lions going into Kansas City. I know Kansas City didn't have Kelsey. I know they dropped a ton of balls, but still, always hard to go into Arrowhead and win. They did so. The big story coming out of week one from a fantasy perspective was how little Jameer Gibbs played. Dave Montgomery, 55 snaps. Jameer Gibbs, 19. Dave Montgomery, 20 routes. Jameer Gibbs, 9. After the game... And by the way, Jameer Gibbs looked awesome. I'm no tape bro, but I mean, you only have to have two eyes to see that Jameer Gibbs looked incredible in the game, like way better than David Montgomery. After the game, Dan Campbell says they were just easing Jameer Gibbs in. He's going to play a lot more going forward. We've heard that before. You know, they won the game. I will see if they actually change it. I thought that the biggest thing was they wanted David Montgomery in there for pass protection, reliability was obviously a tough spot. But anyways, Evan, what'd you think of the Jameer Gibbs stuff and anything else on the Lions?
1: Yeah, Jameer Gibbs was so impressive. Obviously, he got vastly outtouched by David Montgomery, and I know it's snapped 55 to 19 in snaps, and then 21 to nine in touches. But PFF, and I don't even know how like how you do this. Jameer, Jameer Gibbs had nine touches. PFF credited Jameer Gibbs with more force missed tackles than any running back in the league in Week One. I like I need a fact check there, but I mean, it just <laughs> Jameer Gibbs was incredible. Yeah, I put in a put in a trade offer for him. You remember before the season, Dan Campbell was talking about this backfield, and he compared it. And Dan Campbell used to coach in New Orleans under Sean Payton, and he compared the backfield to Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, and Alvin Kamara kind of got eased in. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that's what they're doing. I think that you know within a few weeks, and this is a really good offense, is an offense to invest in with a future NFL head coach, Ben Johnson, as the play caller. I think Jameer Gibbs is the guy you put a trade offer in for
0: this week. Indoors, on the turf, Jameer Gibbs will be better, and his offense will be better also. Other note that I had here on the Lions, you got to get Marvin Jones off the field. I mean, it's mm-hmm. over for Marvin Jones. guy is so bad. I mean, give me Cleve Raymond. Give me anyone over Marvin Jones. They need Jamison Williams back and playing well ASAP if they're going to have a real chance on offense to do things this year. Packers. I thought Jordan Love was was decent. I mean, the final stat line probably looks better than he played. 245 pass yards and three touchdowns. And yeah, the Bears defense was a joke uh, as usual, but I thought it was a fine start for Jordan Love, especially when you consider he did not have Christian Watson. Romeo Dobbs was limited by a hamstring issue. So I thought a pretty good start here for Jordan Love and the Packers. Evan, what did you think of them in week one
1: yeah and I've been you know kind of like maybe very skeptical on on Jordan Love and I was impressed now there were wide open dudes running through the secondary against the Bears you know I mean there were a lot of wide open guys but as you mentioned no Christian Watson he's out here throwing to Jaden Reed Luke Musgrave you know the running backs Romeo Dobbs caught two touchdowns playing through a hamstring injury I thought Jordan Love looked really athletic. He was pretty aggressive. Um, he didn't take sacks. Um, the biggest concern, I think, right now is Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. who on on an awesome touchdown, long touchdown, like 36-yarder, he grabbed the back of his left hamstring. And I don't know, after the game, he said that he could he could have returned. But, I mean, Aaron Jones has a little bit of an injury history, soft tissue stuff. That's a little bit of a concern. A.J. Dillon was awful in this game, by the way, just relentlessly buried in the backfield by the Bears.
0: Yeah, not good. We'll see on Aaron Jones' status. If he's out, we'll have a lot more to say about A.J. Dillon on Friday night's show. Rams. Man, really got this one wrong. I I thought that Seattle would shred on offense. I didn't think that the Rams' offense would be able to do much without Cooper Cup, and the exact opposite happened. Seahawks couldn't do anything. And Rams offense was awesome at this point. It's just like Matthew Stafford to me is a kingmaker at the wide receiver position. We saw him set records with Calvin Johnson. We saw him set records with Cooper cup. Now we get two, two Atwell and Puka Nakua going off for hundred yard games against a tough or at least talented Seattle secondary. I mean, Matthew Stafford is a rainmaker for the wide receiver position. Evan, what did you think of this surprising, at least to me, result for the Rams
1: in week one? Yeah, that was one of the things that I th- I thought, you know, uh, Matthew Stafford is a, a teammate elevator. I mean, Kenny Galladay had big games yeah. with him or big seasons. Marvin Jones, you know, he, he is an elevator. Um, but this was like a really interesting game overall because there were like a lot of surprises. Tutu Atwell had a big game. Puka Nakua had 15 targets you know, a fifth round rookie. Now he, he generated some buzz during training camp. I, I guess I should have taken it more seriously. It was a very condensed wide receiver distribution. Pukunuku, he actually played outside. Uh, and then Tutu Atwell was the, the kind of movement Z and then Van Jefferson was the, was the third receiver. And, um, we didn't get the big game from Tyler Higbee, but I, I think that Puka Nakua actually might have staying power even when Cooper Cup comes back because Cooper Cup's going to play in the slot, and Puka Nakua was like seventy-five percent outside.
0: I totally agree. So I mean, I,
1: yeah, so I think he. I think he's like a, and he's better than Van Jefferson. We we we've been through that. You know, yes. We've been through that. I, I think he's an awesome pickup this week.
0: Yeah. So do I. Um, I, I think that also if you have Cooper Cup on your team, this was an awesome result. Because at some point, like if the Rams go one and four, one and five, you know, I mean, what's even the point? But if the Rams actually win some games here while Cooper Cup is out, if they can get to two and two or three and one or something like that, maybe Cooper Cup pushes it, you know, and he's ready and he's ready to rock and have a really good rest of the season, which would obviously be huge for anyone who has Cooper Cup there. So, yeah. Also, we have to talk about the running back stuff. I mean, I didn't look, we all thought Kieran Williams would have a role. It was obvious. He didn't play at all in the preseason. They've been talking about the beat writers were on it, that Kieran Williams was going to have a role. I did not think that Kieran Williams' feature back ahead of Cam Akers in week one was really possible. Kieran outtouched Cam 14-11 to until the Rams took a 24-13 lead late in the game. Also, Kieran ran 30 routes. Cam Akers ran four. I mean, you can make a case, and yeah, you make a case for Gainwell. You make a case for Puka. You can also make a case that Kieran Williams should actually be the number one ad off waivers Mm. this week Evan. what do you think coming out of the game about rams running back
1: yeah i just i question the staying power of Kieran williams as like he's 194 pounds um so i I don't know i you know obviously he's a, a a big time waiver wire pickup it's actually a really good waiver wire really good yeah really good sam is doing our waiver wire article and i mean he's got like 10 dudes that need to be picked up so we we didn't have that at any point last year i don't think there was like maybe one week where there were four good pickups i mean there's like 10 good pickups this week yeah so i i'd be aggressive on the waiver wire with the fab i mean there are a bunch of really good ones and and kieran williams is like you know top three for sure by the way one more
0: note on puka he was second in expected fantasy points among wide receivers in week one only tyreek hill had more expected fantasy points in week one, just crazy stuff from Puka in week one.
1: In college, they would like manufacture touches for him uh, at BYU. And he had like over his final two seasons, 40 rushing attempts. And he had five rushing touchdowns last year. And he's six foot two, 201. And he was second in the nation in yards per route run. I mean, he should have been drafted higher. I mean, and I know that's easy to say in hindsight, but he should have been. Vikings, so um, this did not turn into the
0: wild shootout that I thought that it could, Um, but it was still a really productive game from Kirk Cousins. T.J. Osborne actually ran more routes than Jordan Addison, but they both got six targets. Addison did score the touchdown, went 461-1, and yet another 20% target share or more for T.J. Hawkinson, nine targets this time for T.J. Hawkinson, but man, he the yards per completion on TJ Hawkinson The where they're using him is just not downfield whatsoever, but still the volume is there for TJ Hawkinson to finish as the tight end one on any given week. Evan, what did you think of Vikings debut here for the 2023 season?
1: Yeah. And Hawkinson's got the Eagles who so we know they get traded by tight ends and no Nicobe Dean in the middle of their defense. So I, I think like Hawkinson on Thursday night should have a big game. Yeah. That stood out to me a little bit that, uh, KJ Osborne played ahead of Jordan Addison. Um, it stood out to me that Alexander Madison was like a big time workhorse. However, Kirk, like this was a passing team against Tampa Bay. Kirk Cousins had 46 dropbacks. He also lost two fumbles to kill drives. But um, oh, oh, and then another concern was uh, the left tackle Christian Darasaw ankle injury and center Garrett Bradbury. Back, both came out of this game injured, and now they got the Eagles' defensive line coming up. So uh, the my, my Thursday night matchup is already up on the site. Uh, but I mean, there there are like significant injury concerns here in this game. Yeah, uh, the, I mean, the upcoming game. If you drafted Alexander to Madison, I think you come
0: out of Week One saying it's fine. It's what we expected. He he was the workhorse. He was not explosive. We know that's not really his game. I think he'll have better matchups, and more touchdown opportunities going forward. So
1: yeah, I think it's. It's fine for Madison. Not great, not terrible. Yeah, Madison was 74% of the snaps, five of six third downs, and he was on the field for all three of the Vikings' goal line chances. Saints. So Derek Carr's debut, I thought, went
0: pretty well. Goes over 300 yards. And you can see how, like, there is upside here because Rashid Shahid can really, really play. I know we said that a bunch in the offseason. Dude can play. I thought Michael Thomas, who I've written off a bunch of times, um, looked pretty good. And obviously Chris Olave is just like, a straight, straight baller. And they didn't even really have to use Jawan Johnson or Taysom Hill in this game. So I thought it was a pretty good spot for New Orleans to get off here. They did so. They could not run the ball whatsoever. But when you're facing Tennessee and Jamal Williams gets 20 out of 21 running back touches, it's not going to be efficient. I mean, Jamal Williams sucks, and Tennessee's rush defense is very good. So, yeah, what do you think of Derek Carr's Saints debut? Evan, anything else on them?
1: Yeah, I mean, Jamal Williams is, you know, I think going to remain a – a twenty-touch candidate for the next two or three for the next yeah. two
0: weeks. I need Kendry Miller back before Camarries <laughs> is so bad, so bad. I mean, get 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 Jamal Williams out of there. Let me see Kendry.
1: Oh, uh, I mean, he's he's facing Tennessee, man. Now he go, goes against the Panthers, who just got dump truck by the the Falcons. So yeah. he's going to get it together, man. I mean, Jamal Williams, you you know he can score touchdowns. Yeah. God, that was so frustrating. Yeah. Um, okay.
0: Giants. It's hard to have takeaways on Giants because Daniel Jones like had a horrible game, no doubt. He also could not drop back without having Micah Parsons or someone else in his face the entire game. They had absolutely no chance whatsoever. People are going back to the uh, Daniel Jones sucks. Uh, they can't win with this guy. Blah, blah, blah. I, you know, it's one game he brought him to the playoffs last year and won a playoff game last year. I'm not ready to say that Daniel Jones is completely drawing dead here to have a reasonable season, Evan. What do you think of the absolute meltdown that the Giants had on Sunday
1: Night Football? They can they lost forty to nothing. And again, I, I don't I don't have anything I don't, I don't really have anything to say. Daniel Jones was terrible in that game, and Evan Neal, their right tackle, was was he just got destroyed. One thing,
0: uh, Wandell Robinson was inactive for this game. I think they're going to try to ramp him up and get him some limited work sometime in the next month. Or two, um, Jalen Hyatt did get 17 routes and they played their, they left their starters and they had like Saquon Barkley when they were getting absolutely trucked um, and Daniel Jones in just getting trucked. Jalen Hyatt did run 17 routes, which I thought was at least notable. He's going to have a rotational role here right away. All right. Eagles stuff, man, this is like a, such a weird thing. We spent mm-hmm. so much time this off season talking about Eagles running back. One thing that we got right was that Kenny Gainwell's role was gonna be bigger than people expected. One thing that I got wrong at least was that Rashad Penny was going to have the baseback role and that DeAndre Swift, and I didn't think that Kenny Gainwell, it was possible Kenny Gainwell to have a feature back role. So all those things came true. Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch. Kenny Gainwell not only played a lot, but was the clear cut feature back. DeAndre Swift hardly played at all. So I have some thoughts here, Aaron, but I'm curious your initial reaction it's what we saw from Eagles running back rotation.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it was surprising. You know, obviously, we we're all like heavily invested in Kenneth in Kenny Gainwell in uh, uh, in best ball, so it's nice. But I mean, he didn't really he didn't really help us in the first week. Um, I don't know. I I you know, and now they're on a short week, and Kenny Gainwell came out with a rib injury, so. Yeah. We're, I think, we're still very much in wait and see mode, and at the end of the day, they're probably not going to be giving anybody eighteen touches in an individual game, maybe even the rest of the season. So I, I'm, I'm I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, yeah.
0: Boston Scott was active and mostly played special teams. Right. If Kenny Gamewell has this rib issue, maybe they get Rashad Penny up also, or maybe Kenny Gamewell's inactive on Thursday. We will see there. I thought. One of the biggest takeaways, though, aside from all that, coaches just don't like DeAndre Swift, man, you know? And I know people like hate when I say that. I think DeAndre Swift is awesome. If I was a coach and I all I had to go on was the information I had now, I would be playing a ton of snaps for DeAndre Swift. But coaches, this is the second coaching staff that just does not seem to like the guy. He was active, but he barely played. I don't know, man. There must be something that we're missing on the outside on DeAndre Swift. And by the way, we had a pretty big, nice fade on, on DeAndre Swift which I guess feels good right now, but it's just a weird thing in real life for the coaches just
1: not to want to use Dennis Swift at all. Any thoughts on that, Evan? I mean, we've talked about it so much, you know, like he, he bounces runs outside and he taps out and, you know, he doesn't break tackles, you know, on interior runs and, you know, he's always been efficient with his touches, but I think that you're right. Coaching staffs don't love them. Uh, the Patriots deserve credit for a, a great game plan here. Um, obviously, they went down 16 0 early, um, but they did a really good job of, of limiting the damage that the Eagles' offense were able to do. They played a ton of zone. They're one of the highest percentage yeah. man teams over the past several seasons, the Patriots, but they use zone against Philadelphia. And I mentioned it on the Friday show that. The Eagles last year were the best offense in the NFL against man coverage. Yeah, and the Patriots played zone, so they switched it up on them.
0: Yeah, I I ended up playing Jalen Hurts uh, in cash on DraftKings, and you know one of the things I thought was like, yeah, I get that the Patriots play a ton of man. I get that the Eagles shred man, but Bill Belichick has had literal months to get ready for this. Exactly, and so. Yeah, that was just another mistake uh, by me in week one. The Dallas Goddard air ball I would not worry about. Dallas Goddard played a ton, ran a ton of routes. Patriots are just very, very good against the tight end oh, yeah. position. San Francisco, I didn't have a lot of notes here other than like Brock Purdy maybe more than a game manager. Like I thought Brock Purdy played really, really well. Obviously, it's easy to look really good when you have the weapons that he has. Brandon Ayuk absolutely went off mm-hmm. any thoughts for you on 49ers with a really good win I mean they went across the country for an early game with Brock Purdy and absolutely housed the Steelers any thoughts on 49ers Evan
1: yeah I mean this was just an, a, a clinical surgical performance by San Francisco in both the run and the pass games you mentioned Ayuk. I mean this dude is like a, a freaking baller um one thing that I noticed when I was doing the the team previews and I did the 49ers team previews and I, I think the video team clipped this. We talked about it at one point that uh, Brock Purdy like showed a lot of trust and chemistry with Brandon Ayuk down the stretch last year. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they're if they're kind of building on on that rapport. Brandon Ayuk also was awesome as a blocker. On Christian McCaffrey, I think it was 65 – yeah, 65-yard touchdown run, Brandon Ayuk just put this dude on his ass and, like, kept running with Christian McCaffrey, and you know coaches are going to love that. You remember Kyle Shanahan used to, like, kind of not like Brandon Ayuk? Yeah. Or or at least he was, like, trying to use motivational tactics. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, like, was kind of a little immature coming out of college, and, you know, they they tried to kind of, like, whip him into shape. They, pl- they played him behind Trent Shurfield at one point. Brandon Ayuk is a man today. This dude has grown up and he was a man on the field on Sunday.
0: Yeah. And, and the wide receiver stuff is for Ayuk. Like Debo cannot do what Brandon Ayuk can do as a route runner, getting open. Obviously, Debo brings incredible yak ability and tons of other skills. But yeah, Brandon Ayuk is the number one wide receiver for this team.
1: I was a little surprised they did not use more of Elijah Mitchell, yeah. who kind of had like a, a quiet training camp.
0: Agreed. I thought. I thought they would use a ton more. Historically, they have used a ton more Elijah Mitchell. It was a good sign for Christian McCaffrey that they did not use more Elijah Mitchell here. Um, Oh, by the way, no other tight end besides George Kittle got a target. And then wide receiver three, Juwan Jennings, only got one target. So, yeah, there's a lot of playmakers here, but at least it condensed to those four playmakers, CMC, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle. All right. Seattle. Really concerning game for Seattle, man. Really concerning. I mean, played slow. Could not do anything could not get first downs against a los angeles rams defense that is absolutely devoid of talent they ran I, 12 offensive plays in the second half of this game. yeah i mean it was as bad as it got and i have been extremely high on gino and this past game i know evan has too so i'm curious your take here evan it gives me a little bit of heart palpitations here for them to be in such a clean spot and face plans so badly. What do you think about Seattle pass game right now?
1: Well, I think that you need to give uh, Raheem Morris, the Rams defensive coordinator, some credit here because they were dropping eight into coverage a lot and taking away Seattle's ability to do anything in the downfield passing game, number one. Tyler Lockett missed time in this game, number two. Oh, this is so frustrating because I'm heavily invested in, in Seattle. They lost both of their starting offensive tackles in the game to injury. And then today, they signed 41-year-old Jason Peters off the street, which suggests that they anticipate one of or both Charles Cross and Abe Lucas to miss time. So that is scary. You know, that that was one of the things that, was, that I had, like, built the, the analysis on was that these, these tackles who played so well as rookies last year would maybe even take a, a step forward – and that could allow them, you know, to increase Geno's ADOT and everything else. And boom, they're gone, you know. And I, I, don't, I don't know when, when they're coming back. And yeah, and it sucks. Uh, wh- one thing that I, I was wrong about a lot, okay, in week one. One thing I was right about is that they would come out with Kenneth Walker in the lead running back role. And he was the clear one over Zach Charbonnet. However, they did not run the ball well yeah. against the Rams, and so that makes me wonder, ooh, are they going to start to ramp up Zach Charbonnet? So I don't know. Where <sighs> It was a rough opener, man. I, I was,
0: I thought it was not a great start for Zach Charbonnet because he only played 11 out of 50 snaps in a game that they trailed in, which Zach Charbonnet should be playing more in. The problem was they gave DJ Dallas 11 snaps, right? So if those 11 had gone to Charbonnet and it was 22 snaps for Charbonnet, I would have been way more excited. Um, I thought it was a positive usage debut for JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He ran 19 routes on 29 Gino dropbacks, earned a 19% target share for the game. So yeah, I mean, you know, the three wide stuff for JSN, he's going to be out there. And like Evan said, when teams take away the deep stuff, JSN underneath, I think is going to be a really viable option. I still like having JSN on my teams a lot. Tampa. So. They were reasonably productive. Like, Baker Mayfield still was not impressive, still bad, but they were reasonably productive. Mike Evans got there. Rashad White played a ton, 54 snaps, only 10 snaps for Sean talk, Tucker, eight for Chase Edmonds. But it's just not going to be an explosive offense with Baker here. What did you think of Tampa's debut in Minnesota?
1: The only note I really had here was that uh, Rashad White operated as, like, mostly, like, an, an like almost, like, an every-down back, but, like, he wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so i don't know sean tucker is the number two yeah i don't i, I, don't, I don't really have anything to add yeah it, i think
0: mike evans like if you want to talk about putting stuff on tape to get traded the bucks have to trade mike evans before the trade deadline mm-hmm. and mike evans is going to keep putting good stuff on tape because he's like one of the best receivers in the nfl um so yeah I, I think having mike evans is good in the immediate and if he goes to somewhere like i don't know Kansas City or Detroit or something like that. Oh, God, get him with Mahomes, please. That's um, what we're going to do here today in the NFC is the Washington football team. Couldn't fathom really a worse start for Antonio Gibson. Loses a fumble, which he's had struggles with. Even in a game that was close, and they were trailing most of the third quarter, Brian Robinson ended up outsnapping Antonio Gibson 43-25. Touches were 20-4. to in favor of Brian Robinson. Now, Brian Robinson wasn't great. The touchdown pass that he caught was a little bit fluky. He was certainly not the first read or second read on that play. But still, um, having Brian Robinson over Antonio Gibson, I think if people have that, they have to feel good about it right now. What did you think of that, Evan, and anything on Sam Howells? I guess that was his second career NFL start.
1: Yeah, I I thought he was fine. He took took six sacks. Um, Antonio Gibson lo- loses a fumble. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're going to end up being right on that. The Brian Robinson over Antonio Gibson take. I mean, during the preseason, it was like, it was even. Yeah. Yeah, but then in the in the first game, it wasn't. So, yeah, you know, the, real, I, the real stuff has started. I don't think Terry McLaurin is, is healthy right now.
0: Yeah. Um I think they have the fumble, Antonio Gibson was going to play a lot more, if not for the fumble, I mm, think, okay. uh, number one. Number two, yeah, McLaurin may not be fully healthy, but they have – talent out there I man curtis samuel can still earn targets and he did in this game we know about Jahan dotson and logan thomas i thought he'd be like real limited and play like a rotation with cole turner and john bates logan thomas goes out there and looks pretty spry four catches for 40 plus yards so yeah all right we've done it we have looked back at every team in the nfl's week one hope this was helpful hope you guys enjoyed the This we'll be back Friday night to get set for the week two DFS slate with Wiggins, myself, and Silva for in season subscribers. Four, Evan. Four. Producer Luke. I am Adam. Good luck, everybody.